Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts. There's another host that is joining me today, Daniel Sun. Yo, guys. Now, real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon episodes. In total, we have over 103 extra Patreon episodes, which is a lot of extra hours for your listening pleasure. Now, if you want to see a full list of those Patreon episodes and what they include, just go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the Patreon episodes tab, and there will be the entire list of past Patreon-exclusive episodes that we have published. Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is over the Saracina Hole, a mysterious hole that was dug by the Bulgarian military in the 1990s. What they found, no one really knows. So you get access to that episode, as well as all of the others, for just $5. Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or on Spotify. That helps us out a lot. However, don't feel pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are to enjoy the show. And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is The Backrooms. So how this episode will go today is we'll talk about what are the backrooms, the origins of the backrooms, and then we'll talk about strange facts and findings, some theories, and then, of course, wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. In 2018, an anonymous user on an internet forum posted a strange and eerie photograph. This photo showed a large office space. It had yellow walls, stained carpets, no windows, fluorescent lights on the ceiling, and resembled a maze of sorts. Many people started to comment on the photograph and said how strange and eerie it was. Eventually, one anonymous person would make a comment on that form that would explain everything. This anonymous person stated that the photograph was something that no one should ever see. That it was an area that contained various entities that would haunt your wildest dreams. The Back Rooms Alright, so before we get into the origins of the Back Rooms and the photograph itself and how it all started, Let's first get an understanding of what exactly the backrooms are. So, Dan, can you start that off for us? All right. So the backrooms is a place that is supposedly outside of our reality and dimension. It is a huge area that has multiple different rooms that are sort of like levels, with each level being a little bit different. Now, when we say that it has multiple different rooms... We don't mean like it's a typical small room in a house. These rooms are more like a giant house that has walls, carpet, but no doors. Sort of like a home that has been made into a maze where they have taken out the doors. And since this maze of sorts exists outside of our reality, this area is said to not behave the way we usually would expect things to behave. For example, these rooms go on forever. They loop, they twist, they turn, they double back on themselves, they relocate. They do all sorts of things that they shouldn't be able to do. Now, because of this, it is rumored that once you arrive inside of here, you are unlikely to ever leave. Which begs the question, 
How do you even get into these back rooms in the first place? Well, from our research, we have learned that for a person to get inside of these back rooms, that you have to no-clip into it. Now, I know what you're thinking. What the hell is no-clipping? All right, I want you to imagine that one of us accidentally walks into a wall, and when we walk into the wall, instead of it just hitting us in the face and stopping, we accidentally travel through the wall. And when we travel through the wall, we accidentally go outside of our reality. That's pretty much what no-clipping is. And supposedly, that happens randomly to people. Whenever they accidentally clip through this reality of ours, they end up in these back rooms. So basically, no-clipping is sort of like a hole in our reality that we cannot see. However, when a human goes through that hole, they end up traveling to what you say these back rooms are? Exactly. And I guess this is a good time for us to transition into talking about what is inside of these back rooms exactly and how many rooms there are. All right. So it is said that the first room that you arrive in is called Level Zero. It is exactly like what we previously mentioned. It is like a huge giant house that has walls, carpets, multiple rooms, but no doors, and is like a giant maze. Now, this Level Zero is full of yellow hallways, yellow wallpaper, damp, moldy yellow carpeting, electrical outlets, and inconsistently placed fluorescent lights that constantly have a buzzing noise emanating from them. Now, something worth mentioning real quick is that when you look up, you know, quote unquote, the back rooms on Google or DuckDuckGo or wherever you look up stuff at and you click on images, there is a certain image that will show up in the search results. And this image is supposedly of that level zero where you start off at. And just like we mentioned earlier, it shows multiple rooms, yellow wallpaper, yellowing carpet, and fluorescent lights. Now, we do have this image, and we will post it on our website. So you can just go to theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on references, and scroll all the way down, and you'll be able to see this popular photograph that we're talking about that is supposedly of level zero. That's a weird-looking picture. Yeah, it is, and we'll talk more about it here in a little bit. Now, we want you to keep this photograph in the back of your mind because we will go over it later, like Aaron said. But we just wanted to mention it now because it plays an important role later on. Now let's hop back into explaining what these back rooms are. Now it is worth mentioning that these back rooms do have entities or some type of human beings inside of them. However, encountering any entities at all in this level zero is said to be extremely rare. But if you do, however, encounter one in level zero... They are usually human-like, however, they are pretty hostile. So when you see them, you're not supposed to look at them, you're not supposed to talk to them. Instead, you are supposed to turn around and walk in the opposite direction of them. So there are darker areas in this level zero, and it is said that these areas are used as entry and exit points into the back rooms. However, sometimes these exits will not take you out of the real world, but instead take you into the next level, which is level one. Now, level one is very similar to level zero, looks-wise. I mean, it has the same yellowish appearance, yellow uh, moldy carpets, you know, fluorescent lights, etc. However, there are a few major differences. For example, lights in certain areas of level one will flicker on and off, And on certain occasions, the lights will turn off completely for minutes to even hours at a time. Now, when the lights are off in this level, it is extremely dangerous. During this period of darkness, non-humanoid creatures will appear and wander around. Now, these creatures walk quietly, and it is said that when they are close to you, that you will hear distorted noises that sort of sound like screaming, but they're a tad bit different. Now, there are other strange noises that you will hear when the lights are off, such as rumbling of machinery and creaking of sounds in nearby areas. Also, it is worth noting that escaping this level is still possible through the exit points. However, just like level zero, 
sometimes the exit doesn't take you to your reality and instead will take you down even further, down to level two. Now, level two is rumored to be the most hostile and unexplored part of the back rooms. This area is not like the first two. Instead, the walls are concrete and have large pipes running along them. And there is the sound of large machinery that echoes throughout these large tunnels that you are in. Now, instead of the area looking like a home that has been turned into a maze, like how level zero and level one look like, this area looks like an industrial maintenance tunnel. And these tunnels stretch on for miles and miles. Also, in some areas of the tunnel, it is extremely hot, reaching temperatures of 110 degrees Fahrenheit or higher. And those hot temperatures, are caused by whatever is running through those pipes on the wall. Now, there are multiple different types of beings in this level, and they are all extremely hostile. It is said that if you come in contact with one of them, or even if you see one in the distance, that you should turn around and run in the opposite direction immediately because they will become extremely hostile whenever they see you. So exiting this level two of the back rooms is not like level zero and level one. You can't just find a dark area and walk through it, hoping you'll arrive back home. Instead, the only way to exit is to become completely calm and consciously imagine the back rooms as your home. And then you might be transported back to your own reality. Now, just a little side note, this level two is the final explored level. However, it isn't the last. Supposedly, the back rooms contain many more levels, and the people who travel to them aren't able to come back. So that's pretty much what the back rooms are. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Who the hell came up with all of this in the first place? And it can't be real, can it? Well, me and Dan, we did some internet sleuthing. We turned on our internet machines, and we dove into the internet and tried to find the origins of the back rooms which we are going to get into right now. So hit him with some knowledge, Dan. Tell him what we found. All right. So you remember that photograph that we showed earlier? The one of level zero that showed the yellowing walls and carpet, right? Yep. Well, that photograph plays a role in finding out the origins of these back rooms in their story. So a lot of people who are familiar with the back rooms and even websites that cover it will say that the first ever mention of the back rooms was that photograph of Level Zero. That on May 12, 2019, an anonymous user went on the website 4chan and posted that photograph of Level Zero. But guess what? That's not true. Now, the photograph was posted on May 12, 2019. However, after we did some digging, we found out that May 12, 2019 wasn't the first time someone had posted that photograph on 4chan. So after our internet sleuthing, we found out that on April 21st, 2018, a complete year prior, that photograph of level zero was first posted on 4chan. So we started looking into it, and this is what we found. So the previous day, on April 20th, 2018, an anonymous user on the website 4chan made a post that said the words, Cursed Images. Now, this is a fairly common thing for people on that website to do. They will make certain posts like this, and people will comment on those posts with various images. And for instance, people were commenting and posting their supposed cursed images that they had. Now, the following day, on April 21st, 2018, an anonymous user posted the famous Level Zero backroom photograph. However, at the time, no one really noticed the photograph or even mentioned it. People just kept commenting and posting supposed cursed images. Now, we do have a link to that thread, and we will post it on our website for anyone to go take a look at. Just go to our website, click on References, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and there will be a link to that archived 4chan post. All right, so just like we said, April 21st, 2018. No one really noticed that photograph of the backrooms, level zero, or even mentioned it. Now, fast forward a little over a year later, on May 12, 2019. On that day, 
an anonymous user on that same website of 4chan made a post that said, Unsettling Images. Along with the post, the anonymous user attached a photograph of the backrooms level zero, along with the words, Post disquieting images that just feel off. Of course, just like the cursed images post, a lot of individuals started commenting with their weird and strange images. However, something different started happening. People didn't ignore the backrooms level zero photograph this time. Instead, they started commenting, saying that all of the images that were being commented weren't strange, except for the first one, the photograph of the yellow room, a.k.a. the back room's photograph. A few hours later, an anonymous user commented on the post and made a statement about the back room photo. That person said, and we quote, If you're not careful and you no-clip out of reality in the wrong areas, you'll end up in the back rooms, where it's nothing but the stink of old moist carpet, the madness of mono-yellow, the endless background noise of fluorescent lights at maximum humbuzz, and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in. God save you if you hear something wandering around nearby, because it sure as hell has heard you. So after that comment, a lot of people were like, uh, that's weird. And that was pretty much it. Then two days later, on May 14th, 2019, another anonymous person on 4chan made a post that had a backroom photo attached, along with the comment from that anonymous user describing what the backroom was. Two days after that, on May 16th, 2019, someone posted that exact same backroom photograph that had that original comment explaining what the backroom was on it, except it was posted this time on the website Reddit, and it gained quite a bit of attention. Then two days after that, on May 18th, 2019, that same exact photograph was again posted to Reddit, except this time it was on the Creepypasta subreddit. And then following that, someone decided to post the image on the Creepypasta Wikipedia. Now, real quick, if you don't know what Creepypasta is, it's basically the term for a horror story on the internet. Just a little FYI. So, basically, Creepypasta equals scary story. All right. So the next day on May 19, 2019, a Twitter user named Gearbox Gunman posted a computer animated video of someone walking through infinite backrooms. Since then, various individuals all over different social media platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and others have posted various images claiming to be other levels of the backrooms, making multiple different claims about various levels and different entities that are inside of them. So that right there is the origins of the backrooms and how it all started. So now we are going to transition into strange facts and findings, where we have uncovered some pretty weird stuff. So Dan, do you want to tell us about our first strange fact and finding? So our first strange fact and finding is about the origins of the famous photo of the backrooms. Now, what we know is that this image was posted on 4chan on April 21st, 2018. However, where did the picture come from? Who took it and where did they take it? Well, apparently there isn't a solid answer for this because no one truly knows. Yeah, I mean, when you look it up, the only thing you find is that it was posted on 4chan. Besides that, there is a lot of people who kind of like speculate as to where this photograph came from. For an example... Some people say that the photograph was originally taken by a person who was working late at their job, which was in an office area. The person noticed that the office area and the whole vibe of the whole office was kind of like weird. So as they were leaving that night, they decided to take a picture of it. And that's one of the speculations as to where the photograph came from, which there is no proof of that happening. Somebody just stated that in... A lot of people are like, hey, yeah, that's probably where it came from. Now, another belief is that a person was hired to clean out a Sears store that was closing. When they were done cleaning it out, they decided to take a picture of the area. 
that photograph then somehow made its way onto 4chan. I mean, that's more believable than somebody working late in an office area and then taking a picture as they're leaving, because in that photograph, there is nothing. There's no desk. There's nothing. There's just an empty, giant, maze-looking area that's yellow. But what area would that be for it to be yellow for in a Sears? I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't been to Sears in a really long time. Sears is big, but I don't think it'd be that compact and have that small of a ceiling, you know? Yeah, that's what's, like, throwing me off. Yeah. So another belief where this whole Backrooms photo came from is that it wasn't actually the first Backrooms photograph. Now, why do some people believe this? Well, someone found a photograph that was posted on the website Flickr. This photograph was posted in 2009 and it was of an empty office space that was sort of similar to the famous Backrooms photo, which we'll post a link to that photograph uh, on our website for anyone to go look at. But when I was looking up the origins of the photograph, a lot of people commented and said, no, this is the very first Backrooms photograph. And they link this, and it obviously was posted in 2009, but it doesn't look as eerie as the original one. And you can see a, a window in the far back, which supposedly in the back rooms, there is no windows. This is just a photograph of like an old office space with white walls, gray carpet, and there looks like to be a printer of sorts to the left. It's not as creepy as the first one. And there's two images. If you hit that one and then hit the left button, I guess it's the opposite side. Two images? Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh my God, I just got an ad on Flickr. Are you kidding me? Got him. Yeah, see, this, no, there's obviously a window inside there. Yeah, I, I think that this is not the origins of it. Yeah, and the walls are different colors. And it's not really empty. That one, you could tell that they were cleaning the office area or whatever it was out because there's still storage bins to the right and all that. All right. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. We couldn't find an exact answer for where this original photo came from. But if anyone does, you know, if you want to do some sleuthing and try to find it, and find its origins, send us an email at Aaron at theoriesofthethirdkind.com or Dan at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. Become an internet detective. Boom. Sleuth your way to fame. All right, Dan, start us off with this next strange fact and finding. All right, so our next strange fact and finding is about some footage that was found of the back rooms. So around four months ago, in January of 2022, a user on YouTube named Kane Pixels posted a nine-minute video. This video starts off with what looks like some young kids doing a movie shoot with an older VHS recorder. The starting scene is located outside, and there is a storage container to the right. Now, next to this storage container, there is a person in a monkey mask who is walking beside it. This person in the monkey mask eventually comes to the end of the storage container where another person is. And then that monkey mask person proceeds to jump out and scare that person standing at the end of the container. Immediately after that, you can hear the director of the movie yell, Cut! The camera keeps rolling and the young director walks in front of the camera and tells the cameraman that he wants another shot of that in a wide-angle view. The cameraman agrees, the director walks out of the view of the camera, and the cameraman starts backing up to get the wide-angle shot. As the cameraman is backing up, he trips and falls down. The video screen turns black and sort of fuzzy, and the camera lands on the ground. Now, when it lands on the ground, you would expect the video to be that of the same outside area where they were filming. However, it changes, almost as if the cameraman had fallen into a hole or a tear in reality and landed in a totally different area. What you can initially see is a fuzzy, blurry area of a large yellow office space with a lot of fluorescent lights and open rooms. The camera then comes into focus and the title, Back Rooms, appear on the video, along with the words, A Short Film by Kane Parsons. For the rest of the eight minutes, the cameraman explores the back rooms, contacts various entities, and other various things. Of course, this video is just a made-up one. 
but it is a great interpretation of what the back rooms look like. And we'll have a link to that YouTube video on our website for everyone to go take a look at if you want to. And also, just a random fact, if you've been on Instagram this past week, you might have seen that we posted a weird video of what it looks like people in hazmat suits walking and coming across uh, something weird. Well, that is one of the clips of this video that Kane Parsons made. So there you go. And by the way, this is not a sponsorship. He didn't tell us to, you know, include him or whatever. I just found it when we were searching the back rooms and I was like, wow, this is a really good made documentary. A mockumentary, should I say. Mockumentary. But yeah, go take a look at it. Pretty neat. It's a good watch. And I think he's made like three or four more videos about the back rooms. So yeah. All right, Dan, tell us about this next strange fact and finding. All right. So our next strange fact and finding is about a supposed real government document about a top secret project involving the backrooms. Now, real quick, before we get into this, I just want to say we are always straight up with you. So we want to just say that in our opinion, this document looked a little fishy, like it was made up and not real. Now, just like all government documents we get, we looked into it, searching various government databases, couldn't find anything that would make us say 100% this is real. So we just wanted to say that beforehand. Yeah, so just keep that in mind, okay? So before we get into that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. So this document that we came across was from the United States government. It is supposedly a top-secret document that contains a statement from the acting director of the FBI at the time, John E. Otto, and it was addressed to the United States president at the time, Ronald Reagan. Now, this statement was made on July 12, 1987. And it said the following. On June 29, 1987, the residence of the subject, Dr. Faulkner, was placed under surveillance by FBI informants under my orders. The subject, Dr. Faulkner, was observed leaving his home and was pursued by FBI agents, who stopped him at the intersections of Huber Street and Back Avenue. They introduced themselves to Dr. Faulkner and requested information on the project being conducted in the vicinity of his home. Dr. Faulkner was then advised to stop announcing his experiments to the public, as this Project Gaia would benefit from secrecy. Because Project Gaia was making great progress, our agents told him that the United States government could strongly profit from his services. The Bureau's proposal is for the United States government to subsidize Dr. Faulkner's research with the purpose of creating a safe haven located outside of the realms of this Earth in the event of a nuclear attack. Because of this, Dr. Faulkner is occupied with improving the Gaia system. After Test 53, Dr. Faulkner's machine was proven to reliably materialize a structure resembling a yellow office building outside the bounds of terrestrial reality. As our previous conversations have revealed, Mr. Gorbachev is planning to strike the United States with nuclear weapons. According to Dr. Faulkner's tests, we should be secure from Gorbachev's warheads while inside the Gaia system as it is outside the bounds of reality. 
Dr. Faulkner is currently working on expanding the Gaia system further, including a series of structures with randomly segmented rooms and hallways. Therefore, if an enemy manages to discover this secret bunker, this labyrinth of walls will complicate their search efforts. This project has the potential to support a myriad of inhabitants in the case of emergency or housing shortage. But as of now, the Gaia system has only been used to store objects for future use in the real world. Dr. Faulkner's machine is safe to operate, and those who enter the system feel no side effects. However, since the operation requires a vast amount of technical knowledge only disclosed to the United States government, infiltration of this area by enemy forces is nearly impossible. More thorough investigations have revealed that most objects stored inside the Gaia system appear to have different properties. Test 56 involved throwing an apple inside of the Gaia system, where it immediately lost its pigmentation and became white. In another test, the liquid inside a water bottle immediately turned a bloody red when taken into the system. The reasons for these anomalies are unknown, but it appears that the system alters objects' entire chemical compositions. Taking the objects out of the system returns them to their normal states. Of course, President Reagan, while the Bureau has proposed using the Gaia system for storage and shelter, unfortunately, our plans came to a sudden halt when we discovered a disoriented, black-haired man likely in his mid-twenties, wandering around the office area of the Gaia system. Agents detained him and asked him how he discovered this area, but the man provides no answers. He only said that he fell through the ground while jogging and identified himself as Dr. Michael Dawson while in federal custody. He is currently receiving medical treatment for inexplicable amnesia and injuries consistent with claw marks. This unprecedented situation poses a major threat to Project Gaia. So I await your response on how we should address this. As long as people are discovering this secret area and claiming to have fallen through the ground, development will have to cease temporarily. Alright, so that is the supposed top secret document, which is a memo that was sent from the head of the FBI to the president. Now, like we said, we couldn't find any proof that this document is real. However, it is consistent with the timeline stated, which was 1987. The FBI director at that time was John Otto, and the president was Ronald Reagan. Also, the document mentions how Gorbachev was planning to strike the United States with nuclear weapons. Well, at that time in 1987, Gorbachev was the leader of the Soviet Union, which, of course, they were threatening to nuke the United States. So yeah, that part lines up. Now it is worth mentioning that we did look into the supposed missing doctor that was found inside the back rooms. We wanted to see if there was a Dr. Michael Dawson that disappeared anytime in 1986 or 1987. However, we couldn't find anything. Yeah, we searched. I looked and looked. 1986, 1987, trying to see if any doctor during that time period had gone missing while jogging or not even jogging, just missing in general, and I couldn't find any. I searched missing databases. I searched everywhere. So just like the previous thing, if anybody decides to go detective mode in it and try to find uh, this doctor who went missing according to this supposed top secret document, uh, send us an email if you find them, Aaron at theoriesofthethirdkind.com and Dan at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. Did they try searching Dawson's Creek? <laughs> My God. My age is showing. Sorry. Oh, Dan. All right, tell us about this last one. All right, so our last strange fact and finding is a short one. It's about the back rooms and its influence. Now, the back rooms have become so popular that Apple TV used the story of it as an influence for their TV show called Severance. Which, if this indeed was just someone pretending and making this up, it's pretty crazy because it caught fire and even TV shows are being made about it now. And by the way, this is not a sponsorship or an ad for Apple TV. Don't get Apple TV just to go see that TV show Severance. Now, I can't tell you to do something illegally. However, I'm pretty sure you could find that show for free on something that maybe is a, you know, maybe something like Johnny Depp. What is Johnny Depp? Oh, isn't he a uh, pirate? 
Yeah. Pirates park their ships where? At a bay. Exactly. Okay. God, that was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, I just want to let you know that. You said it was a TV show? Yeah, it's a TV show. And if it was made up by somebody, man, you'd think they'd come out and say, hey, where's my royalties? This is my idea. You know? Yeah. All right. So those are some strange facts and findings. And I know there's not a lot because the meat of this episode is the theories and the theories as to what these back rooms are and if they even exist. So, Dan, do you want to start us off and tell us about our first theory? Of course. Before we get into that, let's take a quick break. We will be right back. All right, welcome back. So our first theory is called clipping out of reality. So this theory is that the back rooms really do exist and that they are some sort of unoccupied alternate reality. Now, how people get to this alternate reality is that they accidentally fall into these tears in our reality that people cannot see. This tear in reality transports them to this alternate reality of back rooms. Which is pretty much how the person on the YouTube video got into the back rooms to begin with. Dude, those mysterious stairs in the woods. I'm telling you. Yeah, so if people don't know about those, we did an episode a while back, I think it was like a Theories Thursday, where Dan covered the stairs in the forest, right? Yeah, I think it was called that. Yeah, and there's a phenomenon known as, uh, well, it's pretty much explanatory, where there's an ass load of stairs that lead to nowhere in the middle of a forest. Pretty much. So yeah, pretty weird. So you're saying that those stairs might lead to the back rooms. Yeah, because supposedly, like when I talked about it, the guy put his hand in there and he lost his hand. So many people get miss- go missing in the woods. There's obviously something going on and that these stairs might be another way into these back rooms. Maybe that's where they're going. Into the back rooms. Yeah. Hmm. All right, let's talk about our next theory, which is called recruitment. So this theory is based on the back rooms actually existing. Now, if they do exist, this theory states that this isn't an alternate reality, that the back rooms aren't located in an alternate reality, but it is actually a gigantic warehouse that is set up as a testing ground for the CIA, FBI, or maybe even the Illuminati, or some random group around the world. This group then finds individuals that they are interested in recruiting. They drug these individuals and then place them inside of this giant warehouse that they have turned into, quote-unquote, a back room. This group then monitors how this individual reacts when they wake up in this weird room and, you know, monitor what they do when they come across certain weird things. This group uses this as a tool, this back room, as a tool to see if the person that they are testing is truly who they want to recruit. So basically, it's some advanced recruiting tool. Ooh. Yeah. So like the gate program tests the intellect levels, and this one tests probably the physical levels, mental state? Yeah. Mental state and physical and your response to certain things. Ooh. And situations, which, that'd be scary as hell. Hell yeah. But that doesn't really explain people saying, oh, I clipped out of reality. Well, eh, maybe if... You got shot with a trink dart. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they fall down thinking they trip and then they wake up thinking it's only been like a second when in reality they wake up and it's been like an hour or two and they're like, holy shit, how did I get in this room? Damn. It's like driving to work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, ooh, side theory to add to this one. What if it isn't a recruitment tool, but instead a testing tool? Some group, whether it be like the CIA, aliens, or even AI, you know, they capture humans, place them inside this weird back room that they've made, and studies how their humans react to certain situations. You know, that is a good theory, because let's think, aliens, you know, or even AI, they want to get as much information as they can from humans and how they react to certain situations. So how do they get that information? They put them in those situations by creating the back rooms. I like that. Yeah. 
even though that'd be pretty scary if it was actually AI that's doing this. Uh, it's trying to study the human emotion so that they could uh, replicate it correctly to take over the world. Oh, oh, oh. You're making my mind run here. Okay, let me hear it. Robots from Hollow Earth. These back rooms is a way of them clipping into Hollow Earth. Oh. And, the, and these robots are the ones studying them, like you said. Because remember, in the Hollow Earth episode, it's the robots that live in Hollow Earth that were left behind by the advanced civilization. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, all right. I like that. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we did an episode over Hollow Earth on Patreon a, a few weeks ago. Go check that out. And we talk about robots inside of Hollow Earth. Very great episode. That was, that was a fun one. Yep. I like that, Dan. Good job. Proud of you. Thank you. I try. All right. Um, so let's go on to our next theory, which is called the Matrix Trap. So this theory is that we do indeed live in a simulation. So the creators of the simulation got scared of human beings wanting to escape the simulation. So these creators had to find a way to stop the humans from escaping. So they made the back rooms as sort of like a trap door, you know, kind of like a buffer zone, in case humans ever somehow are able to escape out of the simulation. You know, when they escape, they don't go into the real reality. Instead, they go into the back rooms, which is like a buffer door. And, of course, the creators then put creatures into these back rooms and made them extremely long and extremely big and complicated so that humans could never escape this simulation that we live in. Even if we get into the back rooms, we could never escape those to make it into the real reality that is out there. Hmm. Did I go too deep for that, Dan? I feel like I went a little too deep. No, I think you just went deep enough. Ooh, that's what she said. Yeah. I like that. Now, you reading that and, you know, saying Matrix, it did remind me of the movie's series, The Matrix. But I forgot which, which one it was where they had to use the key maker guy and he, they went into the room where I guess the guy that controls the simulation or whatever he's sitting in that white room with all the TVs and stuff yeah that's what that reminded me of okay very interesting so tell us about this next uh, theory Dan so this theory is that CERN has created tears in reality and into other dimensions sometimes weird monsters or entities cross over into our dimension from others now, the government didn't have a place to store these entities and couldn't risk them escaping and exposing what they are doing. So they came up with the idea of creating a storage area in another reality. So that is essentially what the back rooms are, a storage area made by the government for them to place the monsters and entities that are found by CERN. We've done a previous episode, I think it was like a Patreon episode, about CERN, where we go into extreme detail about CERN and what they did and the history of it and all that stuff. It's a great episode. It was. And I want to say I heard recently that CERN actually started up their Hydron Collider or whatever it's called. Yep. It was just recently started up again. Yeah. So we have that to look forward to. But yeah, this theory is very interesting. It reminds me of uh, the TV show Stranger Things. You know, they have that machine that's opening up uh, that upside down world or whatever, and the monsters are escaping through. Damn. Okay. Okay. CERN is uh, making monsters, and the government is storing these monsters in the back rooms. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. All right, so this next theory that we have is Anna's favorite. I just had to say that, because it probably would be if she was here on this episode. So this theory is called manifesting. So this theory is that the back rooms were pretty much only an idea when they started off. However, this idea was actually brought to life as a result of hundreds of thousands of individuals all around the world actually believing in it, which then manifested it into reality. Ooh. So manifesting, that they exist, but it's only because a lot of people believed in it. It's like the Ouija board stuff. Oh, I think of it anyways. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't like this theory as much as I like the other ones. Yeah, that's one. I mean, not saying that it's not plausible. I just don't think there's that many people thinking of back rooms, though. Yeah, it's true. 
Now, this next one is a little bit more plausible. Tell us about this one, Dan. All right. So this theory is called accident. This theory is that the backrooms came into existence by accident. World governments got together and were testing quantum tunneling, teleporting, and time traveling. During these experiments, they had unforeseen effects which created the backrooms. If these do exist, I truly believe that they were not made on purpose, that they were made on accident by a government entity. I mean, that's how most things are found out. It happens on accident or something like that. They're experimenting and something happens. They're just like, oh, look at this. Look what we did. Oops, this little blue diamond pill works wonders down there. Blue diamond pill? Are you talking about Viagra? Viagra. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, so let's go on to this next theory, which is called VR. So this theory is that the back rooms are actually a virtual reality created by either the government or aliens. People are then randomly picked and have the virtual reality placed over them, then watched to see how they respond when they get into the back rooms. Eh. You know... Not that great of a theory. Not great, but I could actually see that happening. Say that you did, like, uh, the government testing, whatever. They did trank dart you, transport you somewhere, put you... I guess I'm going to harness and then actually put a virtual reality headset over you, which it would have to be like a full VR dive type thing. So you wouldn't know that you're like you're in one. But to test that, I could actually see it because that would be actually more of a testing your brain waves and seeing how you react inside of it. And if you can actually get out of there. Yep. I like that. So tell us about this next one, Dan. So the next one we have is called alien recreation. So this theory is that the alien species may have visited Earth and began to draw inspiration from areas such as office buildings and other infrastructures. The aliens then recreated those areas in some other dimension and then left, leaving those back rooms. This could explain why they have a repeating pattern and feel very unnatural and weird to look at. (laughs) Could you imagine that? Coming across some aliens and they're designing office spaces? Like, what the hell are you doing? If they did do this, I guess they might have been thinking, hey, we want to study these individuals, so we want to place them in an environment that they're familiar with, and where are they always at? They're at an office space, which they don't know what's an office space, but humans are at work. So they recreated this, and they were planning to study us, so they were going to transport us unknowingly to these office spaces while they could study us and then transport us back. But eventually they were just kind of like, F it, and left him there. They just got bored. Like, eh. Yeah. I'm tired of this Sims game. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about this last theory, which is that this entire Backrooms story is just completely made up. That some kid found a weird photograph, decided to post it on the website 4chan anonymously, And then a person made a weird comment about it. And then it just kind of like caught on and went viral from there. Which I hate to be this person because I love all of these theories. I mean, they're fun to think about. And do I want to believe that there is some like alternate dimension out there that's weird, that's stranger than anything we could ever imagine, that contains millions and millions of miles of random office spaces that have creatures in them? Yeah, it's fun to think about. But if I had to pick a theory that I most likely will lean towards, it would be this one, that this entire thing was made up. And it was just a weird photo that was posted. A kid made a weird comment, and then it just went viral after that. I mean... That's what I'm going with. I could see that. And yeah, the room being, or the office area being yellow and stuff, it could be just an old photo where, you know, back in the day, they could smoke in buildings. They didn't care. Why it all looks like all yellow, the floor looks all moldy and all that stuff. Ugh, it's disgusting. Remind me to tell you a story about a grocery store I worked at and smoking. Oh gosh, I can only imagine. But yeah, just, I mean, it'll, smoking will discolor the walls, everything that, you know, it's around. So, I mean, I could see it as being like an old photo that someone found and be just like, well, this is weird. Yeah. Is, is that what you're going with? In your personal thoughts behind it? Is that what you're going with? I mean, I could see that, but I don't think that. I'm actually liking the whole um, clipping out of reality. I, I actually think that, it, you know, it might be possible. Whether it's another dimension, 
or something like that, parallel universe or something like that, you're stuck in between. I don't know. I just feel like that there might be a possibility. You just think it's another reality that maybe us humans somehow clip into? Yeah, like an in-between, like say different parallels. Okay. Parallel universes. Then what are the actual back rooms then? Just kind of like a office spaces that were abandoned? Shit, could be. Or maybe it's a test to see if you're worthy to go to the next parallel universe. You must fight off these monsters and entities in this office space. Survive. <laughs> to the death. Yeah. I like that. Shoot, maybe those monsters are actually like guardians of the in-between. I mean, who knows? Something uh, fun to think about. Interesting. I mean, it's weird. It's fun to think about. And it's fun to theorize, you know, that this could be a possibility. So, yeah, I, I like it. I liked this episode and I liked researching it. It was fun. It was. All right. Well, you have anything else you want to add to today's episode before we transition to our on the scene? Uh, nope. I'm good. All right. Well, that is the end of today's episode over the back rooms. Now we are going to transition to our on the scene. Now, if you're unfamiliar with what our on the scene is, it is basically um, where an individual around the world goes and interviews anybody they want. It could be a family member. It could be a random person on the street. They ask that individual uh, questions regarding current conspiracy and happenings or what they actually believe in, you know, regarding Bigfoot or UFOs or aliens and their experiences. That person then takes that recording and sends it to us via email, and then we put it in line with the other recordings that we had got, and we play one recording at the end of the show each week. Now, anyone could do this. You, yes, you, the listener, can do this. Just make sure that the recording is less than two minutes long and make sure that the audio quality is okay. It doesn't have to be great. Just make sure that you don't have, like, music playing in the background or you don't have somebody, like, screaming or you're not near, like, a busy highway or something, okay? Just make sure you're kind of in a sort of a quiet area. And then after you get done recording it on your phone, you can just send that audio file to Aaron at theoriesofthethirdkind.com or you can send it to Dan at theoriesofthethirdkind.com and we will put it in line to play at the end of the show each week. All right, so this week's On the Scene is from Philip, and we're going to play that right now. Here we are with On the Scene. So, my good friend, what do you think about aliens do they exist or not absolutely that's where we came from wow okay do you think bigfoot is real for sure just another type wow uh, okay yeah 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 uh, how about about reptilians in the government been there for a long time do you think the earth is a globe do you think it's hollow do you think that it's flat all the above. All right. What do you think about the moon? Is it real or is it something else? It's a satellite. Wow. That, I do, <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that answer. That's a really good answer, actually. I mean, that you already know, apparently. Let's take it back to square one. Aliens, um, obviously, they exist. You look out the stars, if you think anything differently, then, you know, you're just pissing down your own back and telling yourself it's raining um looking back in the past beyond the years beyond just what you've been told in history um so on and so forth there's obviously been a disconnect from evolution to the man you are today in any other life form on earth you can see the progression and evolution of how it became to where it's at so so looking dinosaurs well, dinosaurs were a point in time. Now, did an asteroid hit the Earth and wipe them out? Maybe so. Something did. Obviously, you. you know, we can't walk around and get eaten by a T-Rex, but, you know. We got 10 seconds. They left us. Was the moon landing real or fake? The first time? Yes. Absolutely real. That's why we haven't been back. Nice. I like that. The guy was given short answers, then all of a sudden he just goes off on a tangent. I love it. Right? I'm more intrigued with the answer about what is Earth. Is it a globe, hollow, or flat? And he said all of the above. 
I'm interested in that. I want to know more. <laughs> it's a round, flat earth. I like that. It's hot dog shape. That's how I like to visualize my earth. It's the shape of a hot dog, a wiener earth. Does it have a bun? No, it doesn't. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I just want to say that Philip kind of sounded like Hans to begin with. A little bit, a little bit. I think the accent was there. Yeah, most definitely. I bet Philip's from Texas or maybe Oklahoma. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for the on the scene this week, Philip. You did a great job. I'm proud of you and I love you. Great job on it. Great job. Yep. So again, anyone can submit their on the scene. Just make sure it's less than two minutes long. Send it in an email and we will put it in the lineup. All right. So now we're going to transition to shout outs. So you cool with me starting first, Dan? Go for it. All right. So I'm going to start off with the email shout outs first. I want to shout out Jeremy. He sent us an email. It was a pretty good one, too. I want to shout out M. Ortho for the email. I want to shout out Vanessa Escobar from Houston, Texas. Uh, we got an email from Angel Luis who said, Hey, man, love the show. Give my girlfriend a shout out. Vanessa Escobar from Houston. So shout out to you, Angel and Vanessa. Love you. Shout out to John Campbell for the email. Uh, shout out to Colton Miller. Says, can I, can I get a shout out, baby? Woo! Big Montauk chair. I would be uh, listening to Patreon, but I'm broke as Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> Thank you for that, Colton Miller. Uh, shout out to Moses Smoke Sun. Um, two more email shout outs. One to Amir Hassan. Shout out to you. Thank you for the email. And then uh, next shout out, or last email shout out is to Bentley Davidson. Today, give me a shout out. I said, huh? Okay, there you go. So that's my email shout outs. All right, let me go to Instagram real quick. All right, uh, shout out to Ryan, RJ, Caesar, Tom Z, Riley Hinnam, Hinnam, Captain Fee, she's from Australia, shout out to you, Nick Matson. said I would love a shout out. Well, there you go, Nick. Love you, dude. He listens to about 50 to 60 hours of podcasts per week. Good Lord. Dang. It's a lot of podcasting. And that is a good way to stick it to the fucking man. That's what I'm talking about. Listen to as much as you can. Hey, and if your boss gets on to you at work and says, hey, you can't be, you can't be listening to that, Nick. You can't be listening to podcasts. It's distracting. You look at him and say, hey, bitch. And he goes, excuse me? You say, hey. But, of course, it's not a girl, so that's why you call him a bitch. It's a guy, right? So you say, hey, you take this up with my supervisor, Aaron. And the boss is going to go, you don't have a supervisor named Aaron. And you just give my phone number, okay? Give him it. Have him call me, and I'll say, hey, look, Nick can listen to podcasts. And he'll say, okay. So, yeah, that's all you have to do. Yep, and if you need his number, it is. Don't you, <laughs> don't you dare. Don't you dare. Uh, shout out to Haley, Corina. Uh, shout out to a concerned citizen. I hope you get better. Shout out to, I've got a few more on Instagram. I promise I'm almost done. Shout out to Hamza. Shout out to Joey Paul, Daniel Monk, Yeti Kuda, Vinny, Lacey Kohler, Erica Michelle, Kevin Cook, Luce Timmerman, Sarita Galvin, Dylan Gottfried, Brandon Van Horn, and E4 Fern. Shout out to you. If I missed anybody, I'm sorry. Please send me an email with the subject line of shout out and I will shout you out on the next episode. I love you. And now, Dan, tell us your shout outs. All right. I just have a couple. First off, just one from email right now is Trevor HK. Shout out to him. Then one from Patreon because I'm still getting through like messages and stuff. Shout out to Armando M. Shout out to you, buddy. Then for Facebook now, Angelo P, Ali Cat, Lorenzo R, Cherish Hope W, Gerardo G, and his wife Natalie 
and his brother. Shout out to y'all. Ishmael, Rachel K, Justin T, Fearon W, Krunoslav. I think I said it right. Probably said it wrong. I apologize. Ryan M and his son, Alicia W, Larry M, Anthony W, Garcia DJ Vega Pina. I think I said that wrong too. My apologies. Anthony W, Clint H, and then this one, I don't know if I'm going to get it right. Lamone Sandoval. Shout out to you, buddy. Hopefully I got it right. I tried. And that's all I have for shout outs. All right. Thank you for those shout outs, Dan. Um, so we usually leave the birthday shout outs for the very end. Sometimes. Okay. So this week we got a couple birthday shout outs. So the first one is going to go to Rosalinda, aka Rosie Gonzalez. Her birthday is May 6th. And she's going to go hard at the movies for the new Doctor Strange movie. Dude, I heard that was supposed to be really good. Yeah, I mean, I liked all the Doctor Strange movies. What, has there only been like one, right, or two? I don't know. Two? I, I liked them. They're good. Hey, this one involves the Illuminati, I think. Oh, shit. Right? Well, happy birthday, Rosie. I hope you have fun. I hope your birthday's great. Of course, just like every week, Dan has promised to sing you happy birthday. So go ahead, Dan, take it away. Why, thank you, Ann, for always remembering that. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Rosie. Happy birthday, Rosie. Yeah. Yeah, happy birthday. We love you. We're proud of you. All right. Our next birthday shout-out goes to Jack Graham. His birthday was on May 4th, so it was a couple days ago. Or was it yesterday? Uh, Hold on. When does this episode go out? I don't even know. May 5th. So, yeah, it was yesterday. Shout-out to you, Jack. He said, let me get that birthday shout out, baby. Bigfoot 2024. That's what I'm talking about. Just like every week, Dan's going to sing you happy birthday. Take it away, Dan. Happy birthday to Jack. Happy birthday, Jack. Nice. I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, next birthday shout out goes to Nano. Her birthday is not till May 13th, but she sent a message anyway, which... Your birthday shout-out should have been next week. So we're going to save your birthday shout-out, Nano, till next week. Okay? So no singing from Dan. It'll be Aaron next week. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Our last birthday shout-out goes to Asher Hustad. Hust- Hustad? Hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Don't know if I am, but I'm sorry if I'm not. They said, my birthday's tomorrow, which would have been, let me see, the 29th. And this was sent on last Thursday. So happy late birthday, Asher. I'm going to sing you happy birthday this time. Okay, you ready? Well, I just heard the news today. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Happy birthday today. Happy birthday. That's a special Creed birthday for you. (sighs) All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our shout outs, right? I think so. Yeah. Um... Oh, I do have that grocery store smoking story I wanted to tell real quick. When we were talking about theories and you said something about like the walls turning yellow from smoking and all that. Yeah. All right. So a little quick story before we wrap things up and end it. Back a long time ago when I was in high school, I used to work at a grocery store and it was it was more like a gas station slash grocery store. And it was in a town of like 900 people. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I've worked there before because I talked about uh, on a previous episode how I found something weird in a Coke bottle and Gloria, who was our manager, was like, Aaron, throw it away. And I was like, no, man, I want to keep it. She's like, no, throw it away. So anyways, uh, Gloria was my manager at this grocery store slash gas station. And she was a smoker. She smoked all the time while she was there. And she worked the morning shift. From 6 a.m. all the way to like 3 p.m. And then I would work from like 4 p.m. all the way till close or just whenever they needed me. So she would smoke all the time. I mean, all the time. And the walls were yellow. And it was so bad that we had a little deli counter and we would make sandwiches at the deli counter around like 4 or 5 p.m. And when people would come in for dinner to buy them, and, and keep in mind, this is when Gloria's already gone and nobody else is smoking inside the store. I'm making deli sandwiches and I pack them up and put them in the deli counter and people buy them for dinner and come back and they return them 
because they said they taste and smell like smoke. The walls were emanating smoke when I was freaking making these deli sandwiches. That's disgusting. Yes, absolutely disgusting. And I'm pretty sure I'll have like some type of secondhand smoking cancer from not only working at that grocery store slash gas station and having to inhale all that smoke, but also my mother used to take me to a bingo hall when I was younger and literally every woman inside there was above the age of 50 and smoked nonstop. So, yeah. Damn. Thanks a lot, cigarettes. This is our new style ham that we have, Smoked Ham by Gloria. (laughs) (laughs) Marlboro sponsored ham. Get it now. Get your nicotine. (laughs) Dude, that just reminds me like uh, when I went to the casino in, uh, I think, Iowa or whatever. I went there during the day. First time ever going to casino. I wanted to go just to get the experience out of the way. I don't like gambling like that. I don't like gambling either. But I went in there. And I swear, it's like they packed up all the elderly people from the nursing home nearby and just took them there because they all had like, you know, strollers, wheelchairs and all that stuff, but they all smoked. And so walked inside that casino, it was just like a haze. Yeah, I stayed there for like 30 minutes and left. My number one pet peeve is smoking and people smoking around me and they blow it and I can smell it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I'm not much in the smoking. All right, Dan. Well, you got any other things you want to mention before we roll this episode out? I'm good. All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are all amazing. Every single one of you. And if you want to listen to us some more, just go over to Patreon, pay five bucks a month, and you can listen to an additional episode each week and get access to all of our back past Patreon episodes. So with that being said, Dan, do you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone.